You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to encourage you to be attentive spiritually as we speak words for you will come several times I've tried to explain about manifestations of the spirit there are times the anointing through words spoken conveyed into the lives of people I say this way that there's an anointing to say that's the prophetic utterance words are spoken and circumstances change and at other times there's an anointing to see revelation the spirit of seeing and knowing and at other times, the anointing is to do the spirit of demonstrations, the gifts of faith and the working of miracles. Tonight, the spirit of God will be moving in all dimensions and it will be important for you to receive in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that the accumulation of the things we've been taught there will be explosions in our midst tonight. Let me just advise you. Don't wait for the end of the service. Amen. The receiving has already started. Are you with me? The receiving has already started. And you're living here with something sure. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you know that God has something specific for you tonight? Praise God. You should know. You should know. You should know. I see in my heart that this meeting is a mount of transfiguration experience. Jesus in Matthew 17 was about to go up the mount. He did not call everybody. He called Peter, James and John and summoned them to follow him up on the mount. And when they went there, they saw things they had never seen. They had an experience they never had. Jesus revealed himself in his glory to them. The Bible says that even his raiment, some translations will say were whitened. We didn't hear what James said. We didn't hear what John said. But Peter that always talks said something. But we know that they never came down the same way. Hallelujah. Lift your right hand and say with me, this is my mount of transfiguration experience. 
Glory to God. Say it again. This is my Mount of Transfiguration experience. Why did Jesus take them there? Something had to happen. Are you with me? And Peter wrote about it. He said when we went up the holy mount, glory to God, he wrote about it. Meaning that it made an impact upon his life. And no, he took them up and they saw that this Jesus is the Christ. You know, some of the time you hear Jesus Christ, people think that Jesus Christ, Christ is the son name of Jesus. Just as you have Emeka Wanko, they think that, you understand that, say Jesus Christ. No, no, no. Christ is not the son name of Jesus. Christ is the office he stands in. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And so they saw that Jesus is the Christ. Even his name, Jesus. Every time they call him Jesus, 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 is the Greek adaptation, Jesus, you understand that? Which means Jehovah saves. Or God our Savior. Every time they called his name, they were pronouncing who he is. God our Savior. God our Savior. God our Savior. Hallelujah. That name Jesus is the Hebrew, Joshua. Hallelujah. And today, you will see that this Jesus is the Christ. Now when we say you will see, it's not talking about, you say, okay, okay, no, 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 no. Your heart will see. Are you with me? That's what the revelation is. Because once that revelation of Christ comes, you, the manifestation of Christ will follow. Are we together? Yeah. Once that revelation, once you see him, the manifestations follow. You see, this evening, I hope not to talk much. But I still see in my heart that there are still some grounds to cover. Hallelujah. About this Jesus we speak of. In 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 1, Paul was writing to them, and he says something powerful. They said, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. That means all I came to do was to declare what? The testimony of God. Everybody say the testimony of God. He said, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. If he had stopped there, we would not know what the testimony of God is. Verse 2. He said, I determined not to know anything among you. Now he's trying to tell us what the testimony of God is. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That means the testimony of God is Jesus and him crucified. Amen. That means the summary of the testimony of God is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's God's testimony to the world. That's what God wanted to say all the while. Hallelujah. That's God, God's, God's, God's word to us. Jesus is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos he was called. What's the Logos? God's mind, God's will. All that God wants to say. The totality of his reasoning is that Jesus you see. So Jesus came and dwelt among us. 
You know, there's a progressive revelation we see throughout the Bible. The Jewish people believed that God was with them. And so the revelation is, God is with us. All the nations around feared the Jews because they said, God is with them. What is the secret about the Jewish people? God is with them. And that ark they carried every day was symbolic that God was with them. But that revelation was not the depths that God wanted to bring mankind to. Let me put it better. The revelation actually started by saying God is for us. Hallelujah. Not even with us. For us. For us. That means if you had a quarrel with the Jewish people, know that God will be on the side of the Jewish people. Amen. Are you understanding me? God is for them. God was for them. If God be for you, we always say that, if God be for you, who can be against you? Lift your hand and say, God is for me. Now, now, God is for me. It's the first step of the revelation. That God was for a people. A people. A people. A nation. God is for them. But the revelation went further to say God now is with with them. Hallelujah. And that's what Emmanuel means. God with us. Before he was for us, now he has come to stay with us. Amen. Amen. So when Jesus came, he became God with us. Before he came, God for us. Are you understanding me? Now Jesus died and resurrected. He's no more God for us or God with us is now God in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we are not boasting about God. God is for us. We are not just boasting God is with us. God is in us. We are the mobile acts of God. Are you understanding me? And they had a physical act. In that physical act, listen, that physical act of God, anywhere they carried it to, anywhere they carried, remember the physical act was carried into the place of the Philistines and the, the idol, the Dagon bowed before it. That was the physical act. Today, we are the carriers of the presence. In that physical act, they had the law written on tablets inside the chest like a cupboard. It was inside. Today, we have the law written in our own hearts. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the testimony of Christ. Hallelujah. But I'm going to touch many things that we've mentioned and then we'll allow the Spirit of God do what He wants to do. You know that the scripture I just quoted in 1 Corinthians 2 where Paul said, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Then the verse 2, he now said, I determined not to know anything. That means that if I didn't want to know any other thing apart from Jesus Christ and him crucified and what I came to declare to you is the testimony of God then I am saying that the testimony of God the testimony of God is Jesus Christ and him crucified nobody should embrace a bloodless gospel the gospel is a blood stained message blood was shed blood was shed say blood was shed and it was shared for me. 
We took time throughout the week to explain to you the components of the gospel of Christ from 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Five components of the gospel. Christ died, component 1. For our sins, component 3. He was buried, component 4. He rose again, component 5. According to the scriptures. 4, then 5. According to scriptures, component 5. Hallelujah. And now, anything about the gospel that does not contain the fact that blood was shed is not the gospel of Christ. Amen. But, this is the testimony of God. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you preach a Jesus, I know some of us sing that song, I love the man of Galilee, the man of Galilee, did not save you. If He didn't die, that Jesus is the historic Jesus. It is his death that changed the game. That proves that Jesus was not just one of the prophets. You remember Jesus had a little meeting and he asked them, Whom the men say that I am? They said, some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are Elijah. Some say, now others were the good thing. But the real thing is what they wanted to hear. Who do men say that I am? And today, may your heart open to say who he really is. Don't treat him like Elijah. Don't treat him like Jeremiah. Don't treat him like, like one of the prophets. He said, whom the men say that I am. Peter stood and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Whoa. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus did not say, good calculation. Because that's not by calculation. It has to be by revelation. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That means for a man to arrive at that place where he knows that Christ is the living God, flesh and blood did not reveal it to him. Are you with me? I can show you scripture. First Corinthians 12.3 tells us, No man can say, Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. That means that nobody can arrive at that, that knowledge that Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Ghost grants him the insights. Today, your eyes being opened. Amen. Amen. To see Christ. Jesus as Lord. Are we together? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, if you read through the books of the Bible, the pages of the Bible, and you don't see that, what's the problem with the Jewish people? He said, up till this day, their minds are veiled. He said, if this gospel is hid, it is hid to them, who's, who the God of this world have blinded their minds, lest they believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. And that glorious gospel is in the image of Christ. So this testimony of God is what Paul came to declare. He said, I came to declare unto you the testimony of God. I did not come with excellency of speech. That means that this testimony does not require excellency of speech. It can stand by itself. It doesn't need the crutch of your education. It doesn't need the crutch of your eloquence. This message has power in, has enough power to heal the sick. This message can save a man. Amen. You don't have to color it. (laughs) 
Are you with me? But before Paul made that statement in 1 Corinthians 2, he was there was a discussion going on in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Alright? So it was from that discussion, he now entered chapter 2, where he now said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. So that means that they already knew what he meant by the testimony of God, and he explained it further to them. So in chapter 1, in verse 5, let's just look at verse 5 and 6 of chapter 1. You will see the discussion. I just want to pick out something. He was commending them. He said, the Corinthian church said, In everything, you are enriched by him, in all utterance, and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. In this program, I want the testimony of Christ to be confirmed in you. Yeah. That means you are no more shaky about these things. You are now, it's solid in you. Amen. It's confirmed in you. He said, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. What's that testimony? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's confirmed in you. Hallelujah. Are we together? This was the prayer Paul was praying for the Galatian church. He said that Christ might be formed in you. So I travel in bed again until Christ be formed in you. This is what he was talking about. Amen. That the testimony of Christ will be confirmed in you. You will not be one of those that someone will now come and tell you, well, you know that Jesus is not the only way. You know, you can be saved this way. This is it's true. No, testimony of Christ has not been confirmed in you. No, it has not. It has not been confirmed in you. Where you've not come to that place to know that there's no other name under heaven by which a man will be saved. Amen. Are we together? Are we together? Because you see, you, you, you know him. Amen. Are you understanding me? Your, your heart has embraced, your heart has seen him. Do you know the scripture tells us in Revelations 19 verse 10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Let's read it. And I fell at his feet to worship him and he said unto me, I'm reading Revelations 19 10, see thou do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Say, I have the testimony of Jesus. He said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus. This testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Now, what is he talking about? I always like using the um, New Living Translation to explain it because it gives some clarity that you might not find in King James. Amen. Alright? So, let's read it in the NLT and you, you will understand it. Praise God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. Let's read the last part together. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Amen. That is the reason for the whole Bible. The Bible is not about a country. The Bible is not about a people. The Bible is not about history. The Bible is not about, the Bible is about a person and his name is Jesus. The whole essence of the 66 books of the Bible is to show you Jesus. God selected 40 men of which eight are in the New Testament, just to show you Christ and Christ alone. Are we together? So you see Jesus. 
Jesus made the same statement about himself in John 5.39. Amen. Put up John chapter 5 verse 39. King James please. He now says in John 5, Jesus said, he's talking to Jews. He says, search the scriptures. For in them ye think you have eternal life. And they are they. The scriptures are they which what? Testify of me. That means the whole scripture is my testimony. Amen. Am I communicating? The scriptures testify of me. So if a man embraces the scripture or reads the scripture and does not see Christ, he has not understood what the scripture is for. After this meeting, any part of the Bible you open, Jesus will jump out. That's, that's when, that's when, that's when you are reading your Bible. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's what makes people shout, hey, when they are reading their Bible. And then you are reading Bible like this. He has not showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Are you with me? The whole of the Bible, it's about Jesus. He says, search, search the scriptures, search the scriptures, for they are they that testify of me. Then he said, well, I've been looking at, uh, where is Jesus in the scripture? Oh, it's by the Holy Ghost, amen, that you see. Without the Spirit, a man will be blind to see Christ in the Bible. So say with me, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Let me use the, the NLT uh, to explain it. The NLT says, the essence of prophecy. Say it, the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. Amen. That's the essence of prophecy. So that's why any prophecy you receive that does not exalt Jesus is not from Jesus. The prophecy will exalt Jesus and exalt what he has done for you. So it will edify, exalt and comfort you. If not, it's not. Throw it away. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's prophecy. How to judge prophecy? That's, that's the essence of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy exalts Jesus and his finished works. Prophecy will not come and condemn you. It will come and show you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. The prophecy will always point you to what the cross and announce what the cross has done in your life. Are we together? All of the gifts of the spirits. What did Paul write even about the gifts of the spirit? He said, he was talking about, see, these gifts of the spirits. He said, manifestation of the spirit is for the profit of all. How, the profit of all is that what the cross has done, you are benefiting from it too. The manifestations of the spirits. The word of knowledge. The working of miracles, the gift of faith, it is to profit you, to gain from what Jesus did for you. Hallelujah. If it manifests any other way, it's not from God. Am I communicating? So you see that this thing is about Jesus. We've been talking about this for a while, and you know, sometimes people don't understand. But that's why we touch to show you that, look, it's not by accident. Even, even the Hebrew text, even in the Hebrew text, Bible scholars have said that even in the Hebrew text, through, hidden in the Hebrew text, you keep seeing the name of Jesus throughout the Hebrew text. Because it was all about Jesus. Jesus spoke in Luke 24, there was a story about two men on the way to Emmaus. 
And when they were on their way talking about all the things that happened, they were just discussing like people that didn't even know what happened. In verse 27, we'll read from 25 to 27. In verse 25, let's just look at 25. Jesus showed up. He said, then he said to them, Oh fools! Why do they call them fools? Because anybody that does not recognize the Lordship of Christ is a fool! The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. That's what foolishness is. Foolish is not that you bashed your car. No. That you have said in your heart, Amen. Your car might be driving carefully, but you've not reverenced the Lordship of Christ. That's foolishness. Oh fools! It's not me that said it, Jesus. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That means that hidden in those things the prophets said is me. Amen. And you need to believe it. One of the components of the, of the gospel I showed to you in 1 Corinthians 15 is that the fifth one is according to the scriptures. Everybody say according to the scriptures. That means that you cannot overlook the scripture. When it says scriptures, it's not talking about, if, at that moment, he was not even talking about uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was not even talking, he was talking more about the, the Torah. Hallelujah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and the Psalms. The Psalms are 150 Psalms too. The Psalms also are broken into five parts. The Psalms actually five books too. Symbolic of the first five books. Amen. If you look through your Psalms, you will see that from Psalm 1 to so, Psalm so, so and so it is Genesis. Amen. Psalm so, so to so is Exodus. Are you understanding me? It was also broken into five parts. Now, go back to where we were. Then he said to them, Oh fools, slow of heart to believe. Nobody here will function this way. You will not be slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that the prophets have spoken. Are you with me? Remember, remember, remember how Hebrews started. He said, God who at sundry times, Hebrews 1, 1, and in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers by the prophets. That means how God spoke to the fathers was what? Through the prophets. Now this scripture is telling you again. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26. Ought not Christ, from what the prophet said, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? That means from the writings of the prophets, two major things were emphasized. That Christ will suffer and then he will enter into his glory. Verse 27, which is where we're coming to. And beginning at Moses. Everybody say beginning at Moses. And all the prophets. What did he do? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Let's read it together. One to go. Let's read it together. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That means in Moses, when they say Moses, talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it was about himself. In not some of the prophets, so all the prophets, amen, they were concerning himself. That means scattered throughout the old covenant and the old testament are pictures of Christ and Christ alone. You will think that, oh, you, uh, and um, I, I won't focus on what happened to them, if not, I would have read for that. But let me just show you another scripture along this Luke 24 ch- chapter, verse 44. Give me verse 44. In 44, you know, he was talking to another group of people. He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written where? In the law of Moses. That means in the law of Moses, things were written about him. And in the prophets, now he now added, and in the Psalms. Amen. So the prophets, the law, and the Psalms concerning who? Me. 
So some of the times when you are reading Psalms, they are Psalms of Christ. Psalm 2 is a Psalm of Christ. Psalm 8 is a Psalm of Christ. Psalm 10 is a Psalm of Christ. Are you understanding me? They are all Psalms of Christ. Psalm 16, Psalms of Christ. 22, 23, 24, Psalms of Christ. You read down, they are all Psalms of Christ talking about Jesus. We were praying this morning and um, one of the scriptures that were mentioned, uh, one, uh, pastors were praying, I think it was my wife, and she was talking about, ask of me the healing for the inheritance. And uh, that was what G- God was telling Jesus. Amen. So that word was to Jesus. The reason why we can ask of him is because we are sharing in the inheritance of Christ Jesus. Amen. Am I communicating? The Psalms. So in the law, in the prophets and the Psalms, they were concerning Jesus. <laughs> are we together? All through the scriptures. I was telling you, I said even the Jewish feasts, the Jewish, there were seven Jewish feasts. And I mentioned them to you. The Passover, the, um, the, the, the unliving bread, feast of unliving bread, the feast of first fruit, the, the, the feast of harvest, the feast of, uh, then the day of atonement, uh, the feast of trumpets came before the day of atonement. Then the last one, the feast of tabernacles. All of them are pictures of redemption. The story of redemption from start to finish. Amen. Are you understanding me? Because the essence of this whole scripture, 66 books of the Bible, was to show you Jesus. Praise God. Even from Adam. I told you that God, this gospel, was not, was not an afterthought of God. So even when Adam showed up, and the Bible told us about Adam. It was a type of Christ. And you know, most of the time when we teach along these lines, we always mention Adam. The reason is that, you know, Romans chapter 5 took out time to explain the connection between Adam and Christ. Alright? And you also find that in 1 Corinthians 15. But the point here is this. To make you understand that the reason why a man is a sinner is not because the man himself sinned. It's because Adam sinned. That through Adam's disobedience, every man became a sinner. Before you told your first lie, before you committed your first sin, you were already a sinner. Why? Because of Adam. Now, in the same way, Adam is the reason why sin was transferred to you. Christ, as the last Adam, has also come. Is the same reason why righteousness has been transferred to you. Adam's disobedience brought you into sin. The obedience of Christ has brought you into righteousness. In the same way, Adam represented the whole of the human race. Jesus Christ came as the last Adam and represented the whole of the human race. Are you understanding me? So the day you believed in Christ, you disconnected from the Adamic lineage. That's the gospel. Are you understanding me? And I showed you that how that there were types. The Bible said Adam was a living soul, but Christ was a life-giving spirit. Talking about typologies. Now that means that throughout the scripture from Adam, we see types and shadows of Christ. The first prophecy ever given in the Bible is in Genesis 3.15. And it was about Christ. When God was speaking. He said, unto the woman. He said, I will put enmity between you and her seed. And her seed will bruise your head. And you will bruise his heel. Are you understanding me? That was the first prophecy in scripture. And the prophecy was about Christ. And in that scripture, how do we know? Because he talked about the seed of the woman. 
Isaiah came and told us, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. That's the seed of the woman. And you read in the New Testament, and you see that Jesus, the seed of the woman. No woman ever had seed. Are you understanding me? And then he said, look, I will put, he said like, how you will know this seed will bruise your head. Talking about the victory of Christ. And then he said, you will bruise his heel. Talk about the suffering, the glory and the suffering. It's already pictured in Genesis 3, 15. Are we together? So we see the picture of Christ from the beginning. Making you know that it was not an afterthought. We see in Adam, we see in Adam also how a figure of Christ. I was mentioning to, to you in the course of the meetings that Jesus Christ in, died and resurrected. He died and resurrected. The Bible says for three days and three nights he died. In the same way Adam was made to fall into a deep sleep. And God took something from his side. In the same way also we also came out of Christ as a church. Amen. Pictures of Jesus. He said, they are they which testify of me. Glory to God. They are they which testify of me. You go further, you see stories of people like Cain and Abel. You see Jesus in the story. Amen. Abel was an innocent man that was killed. Jesus also was killed in innocence. Abel's blood was shed and the blood of Jesus was shed. The Bible told us about Abel in the book of Hebrews 11. He said, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Christ, all the sacrifices were offered. Christ's sacrifice was the more excellent sacrifice. Amen. So you see pictures of Christ even in Abel. That's why in Hebrews 12, it connected it. Amen. And told you that, and we have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of spring, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. It was connecting to you that in Abel was a figure of Christ already. And that that Abel was killed by his own brother as Jesus was killed by the Jews. Pictures are very clear. Are you understanding me? Very clear. You go further and you start reading stories. You know, and you go further and you begin to meet stories. Now, as a matter of fact, if you read through the book of Hebrews 11, all the people that were mentioned in Hebrews 11, they say, through faith, Abel did this. Through faith, Enoch did this. Through faith, all the people had something to do with Christ and his resurrection. That's why they were mentioned. Amen? That's why they were mentioned. If you read through, you will see Samson's name there. Samson. Damn, what has Samson got to do with Christ? Amen? You see Samson's name there. He said, time will fail me to speak of Barak and speak of Gideon and of Samson. But you know something? You see a picture of Christ even in Samson. Samson stood and they put his hands in between the two pillars. He stretched the way Jesus' hands were stretched on the cross. We see that Samson slew more men in his death. That means he saved more in his death than in his life. Jesus saved more in his death than in his life. So you see that all of the Bible is Jesus. From start to finish, it's Jesus. When, when Samson slew that lion, and then a parable came out of it, he said, Out of the eater has come something to eat. Death that came to swallow us, life has come out of it. So you begin to see that all of it was pictures of Christ and Christ alone. Then we saw Noah. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible called Noah a preacher of righteousness. Amen. 
Now, his message was not received. But what we see in the picture of Noah is how Noah brought the whole people, the, uh, the others into the ark. The ark is like the church. How do we know? In Matthew, in the Gospels, we're told that as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so will it be in the last days. What, how was it in the days of Noah? How was it in the days of Lot? In Noah's age, God was about to pour forth judgment in the time of Noah. Before he poured the judgment, he took out his people. His people entered the ark, the church, and they were taken away before judgment came. In the same way also, we saw Lot. Lot was in a place. The Bible says that righteous Lot, his soul was vexed. Just as today, we live in a world and Big, um, big Brother Nigeria is vexing our soul. His soul was vexed. God came, took Lot out and destroyed Sodom. The plan is the same. He's saying the same way Christ has come to save us from the wrath to come. That's why we will be raptured before the tribulation. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? He will come also in that way and take us. Then he will judge the earth. Am I communicating? So you see all through the scriptures, types and symbolisms of Christ. Abraham, Isaac, we go down. Isaac was a type of Christ in a way. He was also a type of the church. He was a type of Christ in the sense that he was, God kept referring to Isaac as Abraham's only son. In the same way God described Jesus as, at first, the only begotten of the Father. Hallelujah. Later, the first begotten. Amen. Are we together? So, Isaac was a type of Jesus in that way. And then he said, go and sacrifice your son. And he took him. The picture in Genesis 22 showed us how Isaac carried the, the, the wood on his shoulder and was walking. was a picture of how Jesus would carry the cross. Amen. So that was Jesus. It was the same message of Jesus. Hallelujah. As we're speaking, you are seeing Jesus. Your heart, your heart is embracing Jesus. Amen. We go down the book. Even the judges, you see Jesus. Is it Jacob, Esau? All of them. You will find that. <laughs> Let me just go to the more pronounced ones. Joseph. Ever say Joseph. Now we're in Genesis 37. We find that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers as Jesus was betrayed by the Jews. We find that he was sold and Jesus also was sold. Amen. We find that Joseph's garment was taken by his brothers. When Jesus was crucified, his garment also was taken and they cast lots for it. Those pictures we are pointing you about Christ. Joseph was tempted, but he did not fall. Jesus in the wilderness was tempted, and he did not fall. It was pictures of Jesus all through the Bible. Joseph was given over to the Gentiles, the Midianites. Jesus was given over to the Romans, the Gentiles. Are you with me? Now, you know, let me even just maybe go further, um, like maybe what I would have said in the Bible school. Joseph had a dream, or rather the um, Pharaoh had a dream. In the dream, he saw seven cow, um, um, fat calves 
and seven lean ones. Then Joseph interpreted the dream and said that the seven talks about the seven years of fruitfulness. After the seven years of fruitfulness, there will be seven years of leanness and suffering. You know what God used Joseph to do? God used Joseph to preserve the, his brothers through the seven years of famine. So they didn't die. They were protected and provided for in the seven years. Do you know that after Jesus has come to take the church, there will be seven years of tribulation and God will be taking care of the Jews. Amen. Are you understanding me? Everything is about Jesus. Say, I see Jesus. That's what Paul said. I determined not to know anything. Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That this thing is about Jesus from start to finish. So, you look through all the books. Now, most of what we dealt with was just in Genesis. You now move to Exodus. You see, this Exodus is our own Exodus. We've come out of Egypt. We have entered our inheritance. We see the Passover in Exodus 12, which is a type of Christ. First Corinthians 5 tells us Christ is our Passover lamb. Glory to God. We go further. We begin to see that even the tabernacle they built. Everything. Let me even focus on that Exodus 12, 13, 14. Let's just stay there for a while. In Exodus 12, that's where we have the Passover. And then they were told to take the blood. You see Jesus, Jesus everywhere. And put the blood on the lintel, which is the top, and the side post of the door. Hallelujah. So here, here, here. But what they use to sprinkle the blood, that's what it's called the blood of sprinkling. Amen. Is a hyssop, is a leaf, like a plant. They will dip it in, they tie the plant together. You know, like grass, tied up and made to be like a broom or something. Then they dip it in and they splash it on the top. Then they splash it here, they splash it here. The blood drops over the door to the floor. So in actual fact, it's the sign of a cross. Amen. Are we together? Now, it was that reason that you will see that any time death came there and saw that blood, it passed over. Jesus is our Passover. Hallelujah. So judgment sees that blood that was shed over you and passes over you. Say, I see it's about Jesus. Say it again, I see it's about Jesus. Say, everything is about Jesus. Glory to God. Time will fail me to talk about people that even in that same Exodus and Numbers, we talked about how Christ, you know, the Bible told us about a rock. I think you find that in Numbers 20, 20, you know, that when they were traveling, they were at one point, they saw that rock. They were at another point, they saw the rock again. Amen. There was something about, is this rock moving? Amen. And then God told Moses, this rock, it is this rock that will sustain you. That means that water was to come for that rock to quench their thirst. 
Am I communicating? So God told him, maybe you could put up Numbers 20, God told him to speak to the rock. Because before then, he had smitten the rock with a rod. Are you understanding me? But the Bible says, Moses struck the rock twice. If you join me and read 1 Corinthians 10, um, put up verse 4. Good. And did all drink, he's talking about the, the Jews, they all drank what? The same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That means that even as the Jews were moving, Jesus was represented there. He was their rock. We were singing that song. Lord, you are my rock. You understand that? He is the rock that supplied water that they needed. He is the rock that quenches our thirst. Amen. It lines up with the scripture that says, out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. In Numbers 21, we see the people beaten by serpents. Fairy serpents. The ones that when they bite you, you are gone. Forget it. Forget it. It still points us to the sting of death and the effect of sin. Moses was instructed, take a brazen serpent and hang it on a pole. Let the people not try to treat themselves. If they treat themselves, they will die. The remedy... The remedy for their healing and for their survival is to keep their eyes on that brazen serpent on the pole. It looked like a story that happened in Numbers 21 until John 3.14 now told us. John the third chapter verse 14 now told us what actually happened. And let's read together one to go. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. You see that? That means that that serpent on the pole was Jesus on the cross. Amen. Sin has been judged. And if a man puts his eye on that cross, he will not die. Now, if you are here, you are sick in your body. Sickness is as a result of sin. Are you understanding me? Now, when we say sickness is a result of sin, people think of it this way. They say, eh, is it because of a sin I committed? No, 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 no. You are missing the point. When we say sickness is a result of sin, sickness, there was no sickness in this world until man was disconnected from God. Amen. Are you with me? So when we say sin or sickness is a cause, uh, is, is a result of sin, well, not your sin. Even if you did not sin, the, uh, the sin of Adam is the reason a man is sick in the first place. So, the effect of sickness not having a hold on you will be when you put your eye on what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Are you understanding me? Lift your hands and say, I see my healing. On the cross, I see my healing. On the cross, my sins have been forgiven. My sickness has been judged. On the cross, Amen. Glory to Jesus. If you believe, I say it loud, Amen. Says all about Jesus. 
They sent a prophet, Balaam, to curse the people of God. What we've dealt with now is Numbers 20, 21. We skip 22 and we'll go to 23. And he came to curse the people of God. But there are some statements he made that apply to you today. Amen. I want to show you. There's no curse that can hang on your life. Glory to God. Because the Bible says, cursed is every man that hung out on a tree. Jesus was cursed on your behalf. Oh, you're not getting me. When Jesus was not cross, he took your curse. Tap your number say he took your curse. The curse that belonged to you, Jesus has taken it. Glory to God. I want to read Numbers 23. It just occurred to me that this is the first scripture I'm reading. Amen. From my Bible, from my Bible. Numbers 23. They invited this man to come and curse the children of Israel. Look at verse 8. And I want you to know that this is your, also your case. He said, how shall I curse whom God had not cursed? How shall I defy whom the Lord had not defied? Listen to me. On the cross, your curse was taken. And the blessing of Christ was given to you. That blessing of Christ, no, God packaged it and named it the blessing of Abraham. Amen. So you have the blessing. Say it, I have the blessing. Now say, oh, I want, no, no, you have it. What you don't have is the curse. Your curse has been taken. Christ took your curse. How shall I curse whom God had not cursed? Don't forget that Balaam was a prophet. Amen. He was a prophet in error, but he was a prophet. Amen. I want to show just two or three scriptures from here. Verse 19 down to 21. Okay, I'll read 19 to 21, then 23. Amen. 19. God is not a man. Everybody say God is not a man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man. That he should repent. Has he said? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? Verse 20. He said, Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he had blessed, and I cannot remember. Listen, what he's saying to you that in the new covenant, you have an irreversible blessing upon you. Paul said it this way, Ephesians 1 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. 
You were not blessed with some blessings. You were blessed with everything God could bless somebody with. That means after God blessed you, there was nothing else to bless you with. In a figure, in a figure, in a figure, we see Isaac blessing Jacob. And when Esau came, he said, I poured out everything, there's nothing left. When God poured out his blessings upon you, he held back nothing. In the same way, Isaac could not say, ah, ah, okay, I reverse, I reverse what I blessed Jacob with. He said, I've blessed him and he's blessed. That's how God is saying about you. I've blessed him, I've blessed her, and she's blessed. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everybody say all. All, all means all. all means say all means all. all means all. Glory to God. All. All. Now, see, the Jewish people know about different kinds of blessings. If you read Numbers uh, 6 of chapter 5 or thereabout, it talks about the blessing the Aaronic priests pronounced over the people of the Jewish people. He said, the Lord bless thee, the Lord keep thee, the Lord, you know, and it talks about that blessing. Now, under the different kinds of blessings, that means that any blessing you see in the Bible, in the Old Testament, whether it's over Joseph, you know, okay, let me do it this way. In the last chapter of Genesis, the Bible told us about how um, Jacob was about to die, and he gathered all his sons. And he said, let me tell you what will befall you in the coming days. Then he called Reuben. He said, you. He called Simeon. He, called, he started speaking about all of them. Now, if you read through, they were not all blessed in the same way. Amen. Amen. When he got to Joseph, he said, ha, Joseph, you are a fruitful bow. What he was trying to say is that, Joseph, your own blessing is that you will grow. And your growth cannot be stopped. You know how, you know how a, 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 a plant... You know, I don't know what plant does that. Uh, vegetable. It grows around anything around it. It stick anything around it. It grows around it. That's how, and if the, anybody that comes to touch you, you will grow around them. Amen. He said you are a fruitful bowl. Glory to God. You are a fruitful bowl. Now, but, see, so you see, the blessing of Joseph was different. The blessing of Joseph was different. The blessing of Joseph was different. Now, if you read all the blessings of the different sons of Jacob, the Bible says all of them and more is yours in Christ Jesus. In the Bible, you can see another portion where you see blessings. In Deuteronomy 28, in Deuteronomy 28, the first 13 or 14 verses talked about the blessing and the last part talks about the curses. You have been delivered from the curse. But you were brought into the blessing. In the blessing you will see, he said one of the blessings is that you will be the head and not the tail. One of the blessings is that you, you will bless the fruit of your womb. Amen. You will bless the fruit of your body. You will be blessed in the field. You will be blessed in, 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 in the store. Your, 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 God will bless your bread. Different blessings. When you read all, it's not some you have in Christ. You have every blessing in Deuteronomy 28 and the one that is not written in Deuteronomy 28. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking to people that understand what it means to be blessed. Amen. He said, the blessing in Deuteronomy 28, you have it. The one that's not in 28, you have it. There were special blessings that God packaged for some people in the Old Testament. All of those special blessings and more belong to you in Christ Jesus. Lift your hands and say, I'm blessed with all blessings. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're numbers, so we'll go back to numbers. Amen. So he said, We're reading 19, alright? 
20 now. Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he had blessed, I cannot reverse it. Say, I have an irreversible blessing. Glory to God. The day you got born again, you came into the blessing. How else can we say it? Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Because it is written, Cause is every man that hung up in a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on you. That you might receive the promise of spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Say I'm blessed. blessed. Say I'm so blessed. blessed. It's dripping. It's dripping. Amen. So blessed. Amen. I'm so so blessed. Amen. Back to numbers. He cannot reverse it. I cannot reverse it. I cannot reverse it. You have an irreversible blessing. Verse 21. He had not, when he blessed you, he said to them, he said he had not beheld iniquity in Jacob. That means when he looked at them, he saw no sin in them. You know why? Because the sacrifice was speaking for them. I will remember your sin no more. Neither had he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord, his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. That means that that shout of victory and dominion, you hear it in their voice. Why? Because they know their sins are forgiven and they are making much noise about their inheritance. This shout of the king is the shout of the men that have stood in their inheritance. Verse 22. Actually, let's just go to 23 and I'll end there. Good. He now went forward and said, look, surely, everybody say surely. Say surely. surely. There is no enchantment. Listen, you cannot be just. There is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and Israel what God had wrought. Hallelujah. Say there is no enchantment. There is no divination. Have you not read the scripture? See, I was telling you about Isaiah. Isaiah 53 told you about the sacrifice of Jesus. 54 now told you how to respond. He said, sing, O Baron. Enlarge the place of your tent. Towards the bottom of it, to around verse 17. He now told you, no weapon. As you are singing and shouting, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. That means there's no enchantment. There's no divination. Listen to me. You go to the village and come back. Nothing will happen to you. There's no enchantment. There's no divination. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There's some place somebody will say, say, ah, this man. You know, someone might even ask you, hey, you are going to that place. You, also, you carry juju. He said, I am the juju. Juju never carry juju. Are you understanding me? I, when I show up, things change. I am the jazz. Are you understanding me? Somebody that you touch somebody, the person will be well. What am I carrying again? I'm the, I'm the jazz. We have this treasure in 18 vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. 
how many years back God gave me this revelation. I used to say this way. No weapon formed, fashioned, designed, invented, made, created. Hallelujah. Packaged against you shall prosper. It can prosper. He didn't say it won't be fashioned though. What he said is that it will not prosper. He didn't say it won't be made though. What he said is it will not work. Hallelujah. It will not work. It will not work. No bullet can work. No, the bomb cannot explode. They say you are on that flight and, 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 and the terrorist carried bomb on that flight. He will sleep until he wakes up. He will try to detonate it and it will not work. Why? There is a no weapon something on you. I said there is a no weapon something on you. I said there is a no weapon something on you. There is a sanction from heaven concerning you that this one I put a mark upon him. The same way there was a mark on Cain that no weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. This guy, this lady is unkillable. I suppose you spoke the English that you will never forget. Say unkillable. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I said, no, not even just weapon. Because there are some things mouth will do. And I said, every tongue. <laughs> Whether they were around you or not, as long as they sat somewhere, and rose up in judgment against you. Said so that thing he did, eh? That thing, eh? no, that he said, you shall condemn. That means you will render it null and void. Ina said, listen, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now, some translation put it this way, and the writers of me, no. And that translation says, this is the heritage of servants of the Lord, whose righteousness hails from me. You are that one. It is because of the righteousness that no weapon formed will prosper. It is because of the righteousness that every tongue rising against you will be condemned. It is because of the righteousness of Jesus that you have received. Say no weapon. Say no weapon. Say again no weapon. Pray in tongues a little. Say it's all about Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Let me just round up. You find that I was showing you numbers, just trying to make you understand that. Look, even in the law, we saw Christ. Balaam, after the experience he had, if you have time, you could study the 24th chapter. Then he saw visions of Christ. He saw the star. Amen. At the end of the day, he saw the reason why these people, there is no enchantment against them. There is no divination against them. Why there was no perverseness seen in them. He saw the reason. <laughs> and if you see how the book ended, the story ended, he said that Balaam went to his house. Balak went to his house. Everybody parted away. Case closed. Anyone that's risen against you, the case will be closed. 
<laughs> Closed. <laughs> See, it's all about Jesus. Say again, it's all about Jesus. Even Joshua is a type of Christ. His name means Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Joshua in Hebrew is Jesus in Greek. Amen. Amen. Okay, of course, Jesus is the English adaptation of the Greek form. Amen. So, Joshua carried the people and brought them into their inheritance. That's what Jesus came to do for you. To bring you into rest. Come unto me, all you that labor. I will give you rest. He was saying, what Joshua did is what I came to do. So Joshua was a type of me. Are we together? So he brought them. And they entered their inheritance as you have entered your own. You have come into the knowledge of the truth. Listen, look at the lives of everybody that came was in these seven days. You will see revelations and manifestations of Christ everywhere they are, everywhere they go. The Bible told us in the New Testament that Jonah also was a sign. Oh, Jonah, Jonah. You read Jonah. See, you will see the heart of God in the old covenants. That even in the old covenant, you know, Jonah was a prophet. He was sent to Nineveh. Nineveh is a Gentile country. That means that God always had a plan for Africa. <laughs> he always had a plan for the world outside of the Jewish race. Are we together? And Jonah was angry. There are many Pastor Jonas today. No, 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 no. Don't tell them about who they are in Christ. They will take it. They will, it'll be a license to sin. Fish will soon swallow you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Until you agree to preach the message of the finished works. <laughs> are you understanding me? Jonah refused to go. Do you know why he didn't want to go? He said, if I go, they will repent. I don't want them to repent. Those people are wicked. They should die in their sin. That's the reason why he didn't want to go. I don't want them to repent. How can you don't, God don't forgive them? You know, there are some pastors that feel that God, God is slack. How can? Oh, I know what I would have done. No, the Bible said God is not slack concerning his promise. But is long suffering towards us. Am I communicating? So, we saw Jonah refusing to go. Now, Jesus told us that that Jonah was a sign. But Jonah was in the Old Testament, but he was a sign of the Christ. That in the same way, Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So would the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And when Jonah was released, he went to take the message to the Gentiles. And when Jesus resurrected, the Gentiles received the message of grace. Now, what I just showed you is a sketch. Alright? There are more than what I have said. 
about Christ in the Old Testament in types and shadows. Even that tabernacle you see, sorry, that ark of covenant you see, there's a mercy seat. Jesus, when the Bible says he's the propitiation, the Greek word that was used that Jesus is that mercy seat that covers us from the law. Amen. The mercy seat covers the law so you won't see it. Say, Jesus is my mercy seat. Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember some statement. I think it was James that said it. He said, he just put in a figure. You know, when James starts talking like that, you know that there's something. Because, you know, James was one Bible, (laughs) one, one book of the New Testament that people have an issue with. Because there's no death or resurrection in James. And some of you have never discovered that. There's no death or resurrection in James. It was never mentioned. Yes, he talked about the Lord Jesus. But he didn't talk about his death. He didn't talk about resurrection. Even Martin Luther of the Protestant Reformation had a problem with the book of James. Why? He said James seemed to be contradicting Paul. No, but not so. But even James said, I discover now, mercy triumph over judgment. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? That mercy rejoiced over judgment. That means he knew that the reason why the ark had it that the table of stone, which is the law, is under and mercy is on top, means that grace will always supersede what the law said. Lift your hand. I say, I love Jesus. Glory to God. Say again, I love Jesus. That's what it was. That's what it was. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If you look all through, you just see Jesus glorified. He said, he suffered and then he was glorified. Let me end with one scripture. I believe that will be the last one. In First Peter 1, the Bible was telling us, I think from the ninth verse, it was talking about, it said, receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Alright? Then next verse says, of which salvation? This salvation, the prophets, glory to God, have inquired and searched diligently. That means this salvation, the prophets have been searching. They've been inquiring. What are they quiet? They say, these prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come? And it has come. Everybody say it has come. That means the prophets prophesied of the grace that should come to you. Verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them that means it was that spirit of Christ that was working them to make those prophetic statements when Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb it was the spirit of Christ working in him amen and he says which was in them did signify when that spirit testified before time the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow next verse 12 Unto whom it was revealed, as they got to know, that it was not to themselves. That means the prophecy was not for them. But unto us, say it was for us. Say it was for us. Say the prophecies were for us. Now, now let's personalize. They were for Pastor T.B. Peters. Say the prophecy of yesteryears. They are for Pastor T.B. Peters. 
Say, I'm a product of prophecy. That's where we got that from. Amen. Unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things the angels desire to look into. Amen. Even the angels desire to look into it. They are here now. You know, yesterday, many of them came for the service. Amen. Glory to God. Because the day before, we did the blood sacrifice. Amen. We took communion and we summoned angelic spirits. And I told you that in the same way, Manoah was saying that we will detain you, angel. And the angel did not object. He did not say, you cannot detain me. He said, even if you detain me. So I detained the angels for this night. So they la- yesterday, the angels that came to minister to us, they did not go. And today, in the next few minutes, they will start ministering again. Know that the, 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 the inheritance of Christ is our inheritance. One of the things that Jesus enjoyed, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, one of the things Jesus enjoyed, see, Jesus and the church is a type of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was going, he said, if you see me, you will have my spirit upon you. In the same way the church was told, if we see Christ on the cross, amen, the same things that Jesus did, the works that he did, we shall do also. Elijah did double the things that Elijah did, so will the church do much more than Jesus did on earth. So, but that inheritance of Christ is what we are enjoying today. It's the same way the Bible, the Bible never said the God of Elisha. He said the God of Elijah. Meaning that the portion, what Elisha was benefiting from was what he got from Elijah. What the church is benefiting from is what we got from Christ. And Christ alone. Hallelujah. And because of that, every experience of Jesus and more is our experience today. And in John 1.51, Jesus told us that, look, this is a trademark. This one, one thing you will see in my ministry. Watch, you will see this in my ministry. That thing Jesus said, you will see in your own life today. And, G- and he said unto them, very, very, I say unto you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open. That's what we're enjoying today. Say open heavens. And you shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Glory to God. And say, listen to me. He's still ascending and descending upon Pastor T.B. Peters. He's still ascending and descending upon Renaissance Assembly. He's still ascending and descending upon you. There's a traffic of angelic activity around your life. These things angels desire to look into. Hey, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation? We're still enjoying the ministry of angels. Glory to God. He says, Look, look, look. Men have entertained angels unawares. Meaning the angels sometimes show up like men in this service. There might be a physical angel. They are the ones you can't see. But there might be a physical angel. Because the Holy Spirit instructed me to talk about angels. And to bring his people into dimensions of manifestations of what Christ has made available to us. 
Angels are part of your inheritance. And just like Jesus, he said, can I not presently ask for 12 legions of angels? Matthew 26, 53. Can I not presently ask for 12 legions of angels? That's 60,000 to 72,000 angels right now. And they wipe down this place. If Jesus could ask for them, you can ask for them. Lift your right hand and say, I enjoy the ministry of angels. And concerning my life, the heavens are open and angels are ascending and descending. The, listen, the secret of this covenant is that this word of faith which we preach, say not in your hearts, who shall this ascend to heaven? Who shall descend to the deep? The, the say not is, don't wonder how it will happen. He said, this is how to say. Then he said, what do you say? Say, this is what to say. Why? The word is nighty. It's in your mouth and in your hearts. That means that how we enjoy our inheritance is by believing and confessing. The inheritance of angels first is to believe that the heavens are open over you. And that the angels will hearken to the voice of your word. And then to confess what you want them to do. You will see the same experiences in your own life. Oh, there was this story about a minister in California, a lady. She went to preach in a church. And while she was in the church, she said she came to bring the ministry of angels to that church. The pastor had never really heard those kind of things. He didn't even really know all those kind of things. Then she came and ministered to her and said, don't worry. Angels will start ministering to you from now. And they left. She left the service. The pastor traveled from his church and went to another city to preach. Before he, um, while he was in the hotel room, he was praying. In his hotel room, two angels walked into his hotel room. Amen. And they were with long swords. And he saw them in his life. That had never happened. It had never happened in his life. So he saw them. And then they came and said that the property, the church was in a battle about the property. They came and told him that we've settled the matter. The property has been delivered to you. Then they left. When he got back to his church, 90 acres of land was given to them. They needed to make a down payment of $300,000. Two people brought the money in two, 150 and 150 and paid the debt. He now understood the ministry of angels. Today, I tell you today by the Spirit of God, because I standing here as a sent one from heaven, I've enjoyed the ministry of angels several times. And today, I am mandated by heaven to bring you into the ministry of angels. And that in the day we live in, there will be greater manifestations of the ministry of angels in our midst. When angels show up, men are delivered. When angels show up, supernatural things happen. Manoah's case in Judges 13, the Bible said the angel did wondrously. The angel did something that made their mouth open. They saw that this is the finger of God. And I announce to you today, angels are on your behalf, going and coming. Kai, you can't match the speed of those angels. They beat time. Are you understanding me? Zoop! If you study Psalms, the Psalms, I think Psalm 103 or thereabout, he was talking about Psalm 105, Psalm 103, he talked about how, he said, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. The Hebrew text there says that his angels, he makes them to function like the wind. The word spirits there was rock, wind. That these angels, they function like the wind. That's when winds that pass you, it's angelic movement. And things have changed. There's a suddenly moment breaking forth upon us by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, angels are entering into the economic systems of this world and they're bringing out money for you. There are things that people have vowed. They have vowed that it will never enter your hand. Angels are unlocking those doors. Listen to me. Anybody that vows that you never have something is, is likened to an imprisonment. It's like he has imprisoned you because you can't enter that thing. Are you understanding me? In the same way, Peter was in prison and he has got too comfortable in prison. He started sleeping. The angel slapped him up. Wake up! And the chains fell. I see chains falling. I see chains falling. I see gates opening. <laughs> and there were two gates. Two gates. But Peter was led out of the gates and he was free. Remember that this angelic experience was fueled by prayer. The church in Acts 10 or thereabout, they were praying for um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter regularly. 12. They were praying for him, praying for him, praying for him. And then he appeared. Glory to God. He appeared. And to prove to you that the church believed in the ministry of angels. The small girl called Rhoda was the one that first saw him. She ran and said, I saw Peter that you were praying about. He's outside the door. People that were praying, they did not even believe. They said, Peter, is this angel? Because the Jews believe that your angel looks like you. Amen. <laughs> they believe so. They say, is this angel? They say, no, no, it's Peter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I speak, angels are moving on your behalf. Genesis 32, verse 1. Jacob was on his way. And the angels of God met him. Amen. That's your story. Amen. After these meetings, when you go on your way, the angels of God will meet you. I stand to declare that everyone today whose heart is connected to these words, the angels of God will meet you on your way. On your way, on your way, on your way, on your way. Get on the keyboard. Pray in other tongues. Satalaman telebos brigadi. Melebom brondo blond brigadi. Lepotom brigadi in the brond brigadi. Malabandelebos brigadi and telebom brigadoso. Labandelebos brigadi and telebos brigadi. The angels of God will meet you. They will meet you on your way. They will meet you on your way. They will meet you on your way. La la la. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith to faith online.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of big.